Hello, everyone. How you doing? How you doing? I feel like I say this every time, but I feel like it's been a while. Technically, it sort of has been, but this last stretch just really has been a lot. Maybe it's just because a lot has like happened in my life personally, but I don't know. I don't know. I hope you guys have been doing well these past two weeks since the last release. Um, on this episode, I have Aaron Kong. She's a, she's, I'm going to just start off simply, she's just a writer, because she has her hands in every type of writing that you can possibly imagine, from poetry, to writing music, um, to writing her own plays, I mean, she's, she's into storytelling, and she's, she's, she's great, she's all sorts of fun, real great to talk to, we went we went everywhere, and maybe it's because it was more my fault than anything. I don't know. I also feel like maybe I talked a little too much in this podcast. Whatever. I was enjoying the presence. Who knows? But either way, I enjoyed it. I hope you guys enjoyed it. We talked a lot. Um, I mean, that's the whole point about this, right? So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Aaron Khan, everybody. Okay. Um. Hi, Aaron. Hey Greg. How are you doing? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Um, what's your first memory? My first memory. I was so scared you're gonna ask this question because I listened to the other podcast. <laughs> um, that's really hard. My first memory is we were at some restaurant I didn't want to eat at, so my mom brought mm. me McDonald's, and then I remember her scraping salt off of the fries. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait. <laughs> it started and went away, and then you took a turn in the middle of it. Okay, so you guys were in a restaurant. Yeah, like our whole, like our extended family and everything. A whole group of yeah. you. Yeah. Okay, and you didn't want to be there. Mm-mm. But you specifically remember your mom was wiping off the salt off some French fries from McDonald's. Yeah. At this restaurant, mm-hmm. which is not McDonald's. No. It was like a sit down, like, like a legit, a legit restaurant. restaurant. Yeah. <laughs> Why did so? You, I have multiple questions. <laughs> what restaurant was it that you did not want to be at, and and you and you had to prefer McDonald's over it? Like that's what happened. Like like what what happened? How did? I, I think it was, like, one of those adult restaurants where there weren't a lot of, like, kid options. Oh, okay. And I think I was just being so, a brat. Bad, bad, <laughs> yeah. bad, bad. At least you're being honest right now. <laughs> wow. uh, how old do you think you were? It was when I still lived in California, so maybe, like, three or four. Like, okay. really young, yeah. Oh, okay. How long did you live in California for? Four years. Four years? Yeah. So, like, just, like, the beginning of four years of your life? Yes, the first oh, wow. four and years. Did you move to Phoenix after that? Or? Yeah, I moved to Gilbert. Oh fun! Yeah. Oh yeah. fun! How was that? Oh, it was it was something. <laughs> it was real different because like there's not a big like Korean community at the time, right. so I didn't like grow up like with the Korean community. I mostly grew up with like white people. So that sounds about right. Yeah, that sounds about right. Because Gilbert's a small town, right? Yeah, and back then it was like real small. Yeah, and then we moved to Chandler, which was the same thing but bougie. <laughs> like, Oh really? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know as much. This channel is like around here, right? Like it's actually really close by, or no? It's like thirty minutes, twenty thirty minutes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. 
Anyways, where, where <laughs> in that, because I'm guessing that might, did you, did you realize the, the move when you moved from California to, to, to Gilbert? Yeah, 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 I remember moving, yeah. and I remember sitting in my house without furniture and eating Del Taco on the floor. Nice. All my memories have to do with, like, fast food. <laughs> I realize. I mean, for right now, it seems so. It seems to be a constant thing. Yeah. Uh, okay. Where, where, I guess, in your life did writing come along for you? Writing came along really early. Really? Um, like, I was always fascinated with, like, writing stories, so, like, I'd write stories and like staple together pages to make it like a book, a book? yeah and nice. then i'd make i don't know if i made my teachers read it but they'd read it to the class uh-huh. like stuff i wrote but i remember like wow I yeah i would never allowed that <laughs> <laughs> i was like i don't know i had an ego i think because like yeah. i would not do that now you know what i'm saying <laughs> um but yeah i think it was just something i was always fascinated with okay but yeah you're always fascinated with writing. That's uh, that's so cool. Yeah. And and so you like short stories in in all the you like storytelling more than anything, right? Yes. Yeah, it's like I I the way I was introduced to your writing was through your poems and your poetry mm. and the way you perform. You're, you're like a fantastic performer. Thank you. I'm jealous. <laughs> in all. Oh, you're great too. Yeah. Uh, no. Don't play. Don't no, play. You know no, you're no. good. <laughs> no, in reality, no. You're you're really good. I was I was looking over your uh your Instagram page uh, mm-hmm. of poetry. I like the your uh, your poem. What was it called? Uh, Becoming Eve. Oh, Fuck with that one. Thank uh, you. That one was really good. Thank you. Yeah. What where did that transit? Where where did you find yourself writing poetry specifically? Poetry. I wrote a lot of like song lyrics like oh. growing up, like in elementary like, school. From songs uh, that you hear, like your own original music. That like. You, I would like hear a melody and just be like, this is a chorus and like write it wow, out. Wow, yeah. Awesome. yeah, and then when I was like 16 yeah. and I started being super angsty, I was like, I have all these feelings, like <laughs> they need to go somewhere. <laughs> so then I started like doing it more, and but okay. I didn't start thinking of it as like a craft right. until like last year. Really? So, yeah. Well, what caused you to change your perspective? I was watching a lot of spoken word mm. and thinking like yo i'm also a performer like that's I, I vibe with that because i think a lot of written poetry can be very academic and it's kind of removed right and it's not yeah. as accessible because it's like more difficult to understand but spoken word is like the people like anyone can come right. in and understand it and you i really fucked with that you see how like you describe the written like the written poetry that's how uh-huh. i feel about my poems most of the time really yeah most of the time they feel really uh I don't know, too formulaic and almost cold and detached, which is so weird, but that's how I find them. Maybe because that's how I write them, but I don't know. <laughs> You're like, maybe I do this? That's, like... that's probably why, but yeah, no, that's, that's, that's yeah, that, I, thought, I thought that was funny. Yeah. I, I had to connect that thought. Cool, cool. And do you like that whole process of like actually writing out, doing the forms and poems and stuff like that? Or, I do. Or do you just like to write in general? I think I just like to write in general. I think because, like, I'm sure you relate. Like, sometimes you feel like writing a poem. Sometimes you just feel like doing, like, a journal entry, you know? Right. Um, For me, I found that when I have a feeling and I don't know what it is, Mm. right, and then I'll write a poem and I'll be like, that's how I feel, (laughs) you know? I'm like, oh. Clarifies the whole thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I really like poetry as like an act of self-discovery as well. That's that's cool. I I I guess I would do the same thing. 
Yeah, in all honesty, that's probably how I approach my writing. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, yeah, because the, the, there's moments, at least lately, it's been more of a, more of a, more fishing than it has been finding, if that mm-hmm. makes any sense, at least yeah. for my, my writing process anyways. But that's probably my fault more than anything. I just haven't given it the time or the dedication that I was giving it when I was really producing my writing. Right. Fishing is part of the process, though, right? Yes. Yes. <laughs> the thing is, is that, that I was fishing consistently. Like, there was a point in my life where I was fishing almost all the time, mm-hmm. which meant that I was finding a lot right. in, in the process. But now I'm fishing less and less and less, and um. which is... It's, it's just my own fault. <laughs> okay. in, in the long run, it's my own fault. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. Um, that's just something I have to figure out on my own. Uh, you're also writing a play. Yes. You're, you're, like, getting it all together, right? Yeah, we have the first public staged reading this Friday. Oh, fun. So that's... Oh, fun. That's a thing. <laughs> oh, fun. Um, what... What, how's that process? What did that, is it your first play? Yeah, it's my first like full length play. Wow. Um, I've done like scenes before. I'm writing monologues for uh, one of my musical theater classes. I wrote like individual monologues for everyone, but this yeah. is the first time I've like had to do a whole story. <laughs> so, wow. so is it an assi- assignment that you had to do or? Um, no, or it was just like, might as well. Well, because wow. like I had the idea, right? And mm-hmm. I was like, but it's it's a very um, mature topic almost, and I felt like I wasn't ready to write it. Right? I was like, oh, this is something I'm gonna write when I'm like thirty. <laughs> like, and I was talking to one of my friends about it, and he was like, I think you could write that now. Yeah, like yeah. you're just afraid of writing it. And I was right. like, okay, so yeah. I wrote it. Oh, bet. <laughs> bet. Let's go. Bet. That's a straight call out. <laughs> yeah. He's like, you're ready. Like you can do it. Yeah. <laughs> just like not doing it just mm-hmm. you don't want to. What's the, what's the play about, if you don't mind? So, it's called War Brides, and I was inspired based off of the Korean women who married American GIs during the Korean War, and then they would come over to America, um, because there's like this news article about oh. the first one, and they're like, oh, look at her, she's assimilating, coming off the plane. And there was no follow-up, like, ever. So then I was like, what happened to her? So it was based off that, but it takes place in like kind of like an alternate universe, modern day America, because America's always at war. Right. So I was just like, okay, it's a, it's like, it's where they're from isn't named, mm-hmm. but you can kind of just be like, it could be literally any like second or third world country whose like world was ravaged by war. And so it's about the women who are brought over and they're here and they don't fit in with you know the established like white American community but they also don't fit in within their own community because a lot of the women who did marry American GIs were viewed like by members of their own community as like sluts and you know like oh they're like whoring themselves out to like come to America that sort of thing so they really only had each other and so that's sort of what the play is about yeah that's that sounds like a really interesting play yeah, it's scary, man. It's scary. Why is it scary? It sounds like a fun. That sounds like a real cool um, something to flesh out with 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 a story. It, it really does sound really interesting. Thank you, but 
there's so much responsibility. You know what I yeah. mean? When you're dealing with that type yeah, of like that, 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 that topic. Of, yeah, that, there's a lot of responsibility. What would you mind uh, going into detail about that responsibility? Sure. I think as like a woman of color or like people of color in general, if you're part of any marginalized community, right, mm -hmm. your work automatically becomes political even if you don't intend it. So even when I write love poems that don't mention like anything about the current state or whatever, it automatically becomes political because people are looking it through the lens of, oh, this is an Asian woman writing. What does that mean in the context? Because people like context. Mm -hmm. And I think that there's a responsibility as a creator to make work. Obviously, you can't represent right your whole community or everyone. You're one person with one perspective. Mm -hmm. But it still has to be done in a way that is not like saturated or like uh, not for like a white audience. Does that make sense? Like you don't have to change yourself to be palatable to a right, white audience. Right, 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 right. But then at the same time, oh, this is so hard. But it's like, when you write, who are you writing for, mm. right? And I think that's a question you have to ask yourself when it comes to creating responsibly. Because mm. I know there's there's a lot of artists or artists of color who face criticism because they do play off of certain um, stereotypes of how white people view their work and they play into it because capitalism and they make money. Right, right. But then at the same time, you don't want to write this piece that no one can relate to. Or you know what I mean? Right, Where it's just right. so like... In your own world right so it's trying to trying to balance everything balance out. everything and stay true to yourself in the, the process be objective with your subjectivity mm -hmm. in a certain sense okay that does yeah. sound to seem like a balancing act yeah that's why I've never really tried to write stories or done anything like that. <laughs> I think that's why I was always stuck with like poetry personally because most of my poems I've, ever, I've always just written them for myself mm -hmm. so like I guess I'll be my own audience yeah. To a certain extent. But yeah, 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 yeah that's, that does seem like a lot. I, I, I wouldn't even have thought about that stuff, thinking about it. When did, did you know that you would have to like take that, take that, uh, like the best metaphor I got for this is take mm -hmm. that cross up? Yeah, that's why I didn't want to write it till I was 30. <laughs> Yeah, because I was like, maybe in 10 years, you know, I'll be more mature, I'll have more developed opinions, right? Like, I'm sure in 10 years, I'll look back at this and be like, yikes. It could have been more refined. Right? Um, which is the cool part of art, but like... Right, right. But I mean, that's like, that's like the whole thing. I mean, you can always update it later. The thing is, you have to... With trying... the Only, only with experimentation do you actually learn. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, go for it. Do you... Yeah. Do you find yourself, what do you find yourself doing? Because you seem, you seem to be a writer, first and foremost. Mm -hmm. What is a specific avenue of writing that you do like to pursue? Or what is, that you're, what is it that you're pursuing, I guess is my question. Oh man, what am I pursuing? I, so the end goal would to be continue writing like original pieces of work mm -hmm. and then just like, performing in them or directing them you know yeah, yeah. um but also uh being aware of like the platform that you have as a creator and creating yeah. like socially responsible work and like having that work build empathy 
Because something I noticed mm. in Arizona, in the Phoenix community in particular, mm -hmm. if there are like, you know, like cabaret perform, what is it called? Outside of musical theater, I'm thinking of cabaret performances, but like where it's just a bunch of performers and stuff and everyone's giving their own poetry or sharing their work. Oh, I'm okay. oftentimes the only Asian American performer, oh. um, which, so it becomes this thing where I'm the only one representing our community, right. you know, and being very aware of that uh. and walking into a space knowing, okay, like, how am I going to present us today? You know, even though we have such diverse experiences, right, like right, right. different cultural backgrounds, generational differences and everything. And just like knowing that that is probably never going to stop as long as I'm alive. Uh, there will always be that sense of responsibility. I get that. So like what I'm pursuing is doing that in a way that's like truthful and contributes and opens up people to like a voice they may not have heard if I were not in the room. Right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So that's, that's, would that be, that's the guidelines you hold yourself to. Yeah. That's cool. That's respectable. That, that's respectable. The funny thing is <laughs> that, that, that that's, that's good. It's like the, I never, I, I, I don't, I wouldn't say I don't do that, but I also mm -hmm. didn't do it in that approach. When you said that, I was thinking about how I actually do it. Mm -hmm. And my approach is like, how do I honor my parents wherever I'm at? And like, I didn't even realize it. When you said it, I was like, oh, I do that with my parents. I use that as my parents. <laughs> <laughs> as a, as a guy yeah. Like, that's hilarious. Um, yeah. That's so strange. Yeah, most of the time whenever I'm interacting with, when I'm in a big group of people, I'm like, most of the time it's just behaving in a way that, I know my parents raised me to behave in. Yeah. Because I just like it's to honor their 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 principles, I guess, more than anything. Which is so funny. I never really thought about that until you said that. <laughs> that's good though. That's how you keep yourself like in check and like stay true to yourself. Yeah. Well that, that's like that's 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 the domestication of the culture or society winning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's what that is. <laughs> do, do you find it like a little oppressive at times, a little yeah. suffocating. Yeah. Yeah. No, entirely. Almost all the time. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Almost all the time. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Most all the time. It's it's a uh, it's a constant battle because you have well at least for me like you have your parents with you almost all the time, mm. but you can't let them parent you all the time. Right. Because you have to be eventually an adult and actually be of your own will. Yeah. And actually learn how to say no. Which is difficult. That shit's hard. It's yeah, really hard. <laughs> it was really hard. I remember one day I was I was thinking about I was I was I was going through something and um, it was like a quote I thought to myself and I was like, show me the person who has finally been able to tell the past no, because that's the person I want to lead. Mm. Yeah. 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 I remember that. It came to me in like a. It was a, it was a pretty intense moment. Uh, and I and I really I really liked it because the past in a sort of sense is always here. But we have to say no to it, and then this mm -hmm. is like connected to my connections with like like original sin and shit like that and yeah. stuff like that. Because that's also like part of the, I guess the zeitgeist and it's connected to the things that are present here always with everyone, mm -hmm. mostly when it's not just you by yourself. Yeah, you know. We all carry the past, literally. Like yeah, we carry we carry a lot of things around us. Most of most people don't don't register that. Uh, mm -hmm. this, this is like connected to a quote that I like to use, or not even a quote that I like to use. A quote that I really like, and mm -hmm. it was by uh, 
His name is Terrence McKenna. He was a, I, I don't know what you would call him, a, a really weird thinker to a, a, a just a legit mystic. I don't know, I don't know where. Uh -huh. I think he falls in that whole range. Um, but one of the quotes he said is that most of the people, most of the time people think they're thinking, they're actually just listening. What does that mean to you? What does that mean to mm -hmm. me? Well, that means it's like most of the things that you've got going on in your head were implanted there and they're not actually your own mm -hmm. thoughts. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot, there's a lot in there that weren't, that wasn't yours originally. Yeah. It's just stuff passed down to you by the environment within which you grew your up in yeah you know that's a lot of a lot to do with your parents and mm -hmm. what they wanted to implant in you or what they implanted right. in you without realizing it just because mm -hmm. you know a lot of them couldn't say no to the past right yeah so it's, it's a it's a whole cyclical thing yeah no there's um there's a quote that i remember and it's like mm -hmm. the first thought you have in your head is how you were conditioned and then the second thought is like actually you like growing and changing, right? Because we make snap judgments about people. Right. And you can be judgy so you can think like, oh, that person is XO, like so-and-so, and then think, no, that's not right. Yeah. Like that, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that first voice is like society. Always and entirely. Then... <laughs> that's, that's, uh, that's, I don't know when. I know that I, maybe, maybe unconsciously, but I know I've done it or like, I'll react to something or I'll have a thought uh -huh. and like, I'll just register the thought and be like, all right, and then just move on with whatever I was going to be doing. Uh -huh. And I was just like, yeah, that was just a, the first thought. Mm -hmm. It's not, I, I never really, I always, I always took my first thoughts as, or first reactions as great, with grains of salt. I was just an knee-jerk reaction of mine. Yeah. I would have a first thought about my first thought. In, in, <laughs> in a sense. In a yeah. Sense. I was like, no, no, that's not, that's not right. And I have plenty of those. I have them all the time. I have them all the time. Yeah. <laughs> I have them all the time. Do you, do you feel like you have that pretty persistently? Yeah. Yeah? Bad. Yeah. Bad. <laughs> bad. Bad. It can get pretty bad. Oh, yeah. It can get pretty yeah. bad. It's not, it's, not the, it's not the finest kind of thing. But at least we're aware. Because I think a lot of people aren't aware. And that's why these cycles keep continuing. Yeah. You know? They're just listening. Yeah. Only because they think they're thinking. Yeah. <laughs> we're probably not even thinking now. No, 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 because that, because that's also what I that quote in itself is me listening. To exactly. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> and then it's a hole in itself that keeps going. Mm -hmm. And then like you can't. It's like the only original thing you can think of is silence, and even that isn't original. <laughs> I love this existential crisis we're having at like two in the afternoon. Oh, this is all the time for me. Oh yeah. <laughs> I'm uh, glad I found someone else who does the same. That. That. It's pretty consistent. You know, I find myself just doing manual things to distract myself and shit, but that's mm -hmm. <laughs> most of my time. Uh, um, question about, about what you're doing and everything. Um, did you always see yourself as a performer? I, I could take a very pretentious route with this take and be it, all please. like, we're always performing. Well, I think... <laughs> I think, um, so I did cheerleading since I was six, which is all about putting on a smile oh. while you perform, right? Wow. Even if you mess up, you have to keep smiling. Going, right? Yeah. If you're smiling, they'll look at your face and not your legs that are doing the wrong motion, right? right? Um, yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, man. I wanted to do karate, and my dad's like, no, you're going to do cheerleading. Uh, so... I mean, they're both physically active and everything. But okay, I mean, but if I'm attacked in a gas station, yeah, no, what am I going to do, like, herky away? Nope. Nope. <laughs> I mean, you could probably kick them. Your legs are probably pretty strong, but still. Yeah. 
But yeah. <laughs> anyway. Tangentials. Um, Go. I think, I think as people of color and as like a woman and how they intersect, like there are certain, like going back to how your parents want you to be, mm. how society wants you to be, and in your formative years, like you're not a real person, right? Like you are, but not really. Um, and so I found myself oftentimes performing for everyone in my life. And that's still something like I think I do now, but I'm cognizant. We all do it, right? Right. Um, but I think I became very comfortable slipping in and out of different parts of me. So it's not like I was making these parts up. Right. It's just, just different versions you of lean into them like right. more. Right, um, right, right. And then, but with my parents, that was definitely me making things up. You know, like, <laughs> like how... Like, I really you, hope my mom doesn't listen to this. This is who you think your daughter is. I will be this person. Yes, exactly. Because they have like expectations of you, and it's of like, oh, I want my parents to love me, so I'll be that, right? Of um, yeah. So like, I think I kind of just fell into performing because I was like, well, I do it anyway. Like, <laughs> might as well. And like, naturally. Yeah, and um, I realized like I'm way more comfortable. We talked a little bit about this before, but I'm more comfortable being like vulnerable on stage than in real life right because right. like even in poetry which is deeply personal stuff right. you go on stage i throw on my hoops and my makeup and i'm like okay guys like this is who i am you go up there yeah i go but that's not who i am like it's crazy if you you know if you interact with me one-on-one -on -one, i'm so like you chill chill and awkward and like you know just like anyone just i'm just like everybody else <laughs> but uh, <laughs> You know, and so, I don't know. I don't know if you probably feel this way because I mm. think we're very similar in a lot of ways. Mm. But I feel most like myself when I'm not with other people. Like, when I'm alone with my thoughts, just, like, not just existing. Like, I'm still, you know. You're with yourself. I'm with myself. That's when I feel most like this is who I am. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree 100%. Yeah. Uh, I've always had a consistent thought. It was like, if I could be who I was or who I am when I'm alone everywhere, I would be much happier. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Yes. No, no. My, th my question is like, why can't I transition this? That I, I'm always stuck on that. Uh, that mm. transition of why is it all, only when I'm alone can I go, can I not, can I be that person? But when I'm with somebody else, I can't be there and I've always wondered why I couldn't do you think you know why you can't I think it's because as humans we're like sponges and we soak up other people's energy mm. and I know that I'm very much affected by the energy in my environment like you know like if someone's sad I'm just as sad you right. know stuff like that um and I think that's why because we're constantly soaking up other people's like energy and baggage and trauma or whatever, or their joy, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that influences us and then it becomes like, this is gonna sound corny, but like we almost like merge with our environment. So yeah. when we're by ourselves and like, we don't have those influences, then we go, oh, like this well, is- The only influence is ourselves and like our room, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right, I guess that makes sense. Well, well then with that then it means that so that means that when you when 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 I say for me uh -huh. when I'm with somebody else, there's no other person that I can be than the person I am with that person because that person and me together becomes a person in a sort of sense. 
because mm-hmm. they're part of the environment. Yeah. You can't separate yourself from the environment no matter what you do. Uh-huh. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. Uh... And, like, something that's always fascinated me, too, like, going off of that uh-huh. is the idea that, like, our realities are just our perception, right? right. Like, I read um, uh, Don Miguel Ruiz's uh, The Four Agreements or whatever, yeah. and he talked about that. And it's, like, how what people think you are is just a projection of themselves. Mm. So I wonder a lot, like, no one will ever truly really know who you are. Yeah. Right? Because yeah. they're just seeing you through the lens of their experiences and how they feel. And even, like, when I'm with my best friends, like, how I'm relating to them is based off of what I know. Right? Right. So. That's, that's very true. Which is, like, sad, but universal. <laughs> yeah, to a certain extent. But then uh, the same thing, you can sort of say the same thing about yourself because you don't really understand yourself. I mean, I don't. I know I don't understand myself mm-hmm. truly and fully. I'm. I'm always on the process of getting to know myself. Yeah. And I, it seems to go on forever. <laughs> <laughs> so. I, yeah. That's a whole thing. But yeah, no, that's that. That is very true. Where, where you are interacting more with yourself than you are with the world at the same time. Mm-hmm. Oh man, deep. <laughs> Just giving you good material. <laughs> <laughs> no, entirely. No, it's good. It's good. It's good. So this is your. This is why you fell into performing so easily. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Did, and do you really enjoy it? I've asked myself that a lot recently. Because I think I do enjoy it, but I think. The business aspect of performing is something that doesn't necessarily align with my values because like because I'm a musical theater major so they teach us about the business side like oh this is what um you sh- your resume should look like these are what your headshots should look like stuff like that right and then you also have something called a type and we're moving farther away from the type further away from the type but it still exists we're like I'm always cast as children and sluts with hearts of gold those are the two things I'm casting because, you know, I'm small. I'm an Asian woman. Like, that's how I look. So they go, oh, that's what you can do, you know? And I find that very limiting. Yeah, that's super limiting. Yeah. Why can't you just do whatever? Yeah. And then <laughs> there aren't a lot of good roles. It's getting better for sure. But historically, mm. there haven't been a lot of great written roles for women. Mm. So it's like our conflict is always about a man or like about... Yeah, that's it. It's literally always like, oh, I'm sad because the man does X, Y, Z. Or we're collateral for the man's character development. Um, And those parts are fine. But after just playing those parts and knowing those are the parts available to you, right, is something that I'm still trying to reconcile Mm. as a performer. So that's why, like, I want to write my own material. Of course. And, like, write complicated, like, female characters who say things that females or like women aren't allowed to say or like mm. stuff like that right? yeah, yeah, yeah that's yeah. cool I like that I like that a lot I feel like I mean personally that's how that's my approach to that whole dynamic of like there not being parts mm-hmm. for specific kinds of like minorities I guess yeah we should just write them ourselves yeah because I mean who knows them better anyways <laughs> mm-hmm. so like uh, I, I like that. that that's a good approach yeah do, do you find yourself so I'm guessing you're writing your craft anyways. It's going more specifically in that direction of plays and poem, of plays and like performings and stuff like that, right? Yes, but I want to do everything. 
Bet. Yeah. Bet, bet, bet. What's, what, what's everything then? So, like, you, you hope to keep focusing on your poems, I'm assuming? Do you hope to, like, mm-hmm. write a book eventually? Yeah, I have, like, a book in progress, like For a real? manuscript. Jesus yeah. Jesus Christ. Um, <laughs> and then... Shoot me in the face. <laughs> Honestly... <laughs> It's, mm, I'm sure as soon as I'm like, this is the final draft, like a week later, I'll be like, no, I have to edit this. Sounds like a work. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I want to finish that. And then also I'm working on like, um, like an EP with one of my friends. So he's like a producer. Oh, so he's nice. doing the instrumentals and I'm doing the music and singing cool. over it. And then, yeah, just keep <laughs> writing. God damn, you're all over the place, aren't you? Yeah. Wow. Is it difficult to write like lyrics to music? No. No. It's harder for me to write poems that I won't perform, like the the academic poems. Oh, like the really like the ones you find, <laughs> the ones you find like they have to only be written. Uh huh. Interesting. Those are hard for me because those are more intellectual. But song lyrics, yo, you just have to rhyme in like couplets. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Not, 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 like, (laughs) diminishing or disrespecting songwriters, but it's a different, (laughs) it's a different, like, muscle, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, That was so bad. (laughs) But, like, for me, when I write songs, it's very different than, like, how I write, like, poetry. Like, the voices, if that Mm. makes sense. Like, I think I'm a lot softer, almost, in songwriting. Interesting. Yeah. Like, like, almost like a younger, oh my god. Younger voice of yourself. Almost, yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. Wow, you're really good at that. Like, depending on the medium within which you're trying to convey your information or uh, memes, you really conform to it pretty well, because that would be, a younger voice in the music medium would probably be more easily conveyed and listenable, while... With poetry, an, an older, more mature-sounding voice, which is what you perform with, and not only mature, but powerful voice, mm-hmm. uh, is what you convey when you're doing the poetry. That's cool. Thank um, you. You seem like a chameleon, <laughs> which is also terrifying, but bet. You see, no one will ever really know me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, always in the middle of a morphine. That's cool. Yeah. That's cool. That's cool. Wow. Do you, where do you find, where do you find, um, inspiration? (laughs) So, um, historically, it's been my parents and romantic relationships. And as I'm, like, growing and maturing and, like, expanding thought, now, like, right now I'm kind of in, like, a very, like, uh, how does Korean diaspora, like, translate into my work? How Mm. does, like... Um, there's something called Han in Korean, and I've heard of this recently. Yeah, I really. I, I think I read your poem. Too. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was like, oh. I, I, I heard of, I heard about Han before uh-huh. I even read your poem. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. I think it was Anthony Bourdain's poem. Yes, yeah. I remember. Was it like when he was? He was with David Cho. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, I remember watching that. But um, yeah, it's just like that deep, like it's the generational trauma, but it's like the guttural deep well of sorrow feeling that like binds Koreans together. Fun. Yeah. Fun. Yeah. You know, you can only be occupied by foreign powers for so long before uh, is that, is, it gets is, to you. Is that the history of Korea? Mm-hmm. So yeah. 
Um, before the Korean War, it was like one Korea for like, right. oh, I don't want to give the year amount, but like for a, for a, for a couple hundred years. Nice. Um, but before that, they were occupied by Japan from 1910 to like 45 or 46. And in that time, Japanese imperial, they did this all over Asia, like China, the Philippines, everywhere. But they tried to erase Korean culture. So like they made them take Japanese names. They could only speak in Japanese. They couldn't do X, Y, Z, you know. Um, So like they, they destroyed so many records. So like our family doesn't have many written records, right? It was their attempt at cultural genocide. And so, so the older Koreans aren't a huge fan of the Japanese, but um, <laughs> I bet. yeah. And then you know, before that, because Korea is smaller compared to China and Japan and everything. Mm-hmm. So before that, like China was controlling Korea, mm. um, the Mongols were controlling Korea. Like Korea has basically been under, been under some, war. yeah, kind of occupation, wow. um, and no one really developed healthy coping mechanisms. So every, so there are like cultural bound syndromes, like just for like Korean people that Korean people experience because of like all the generational trauma and the environment. And like a lot of people outside, like the Asian community doesn't really know this, but Koreans are known for having really, for being passionate and like hotheaded, but also for having a really strong drinking culture that honestly, like bleeds into casual alcoholism. Like, alcoholism is so normalized. Oh, wow. Like, even in America, like, every Korean family I know has at least, like, one person who's, like, an alcoholic, like, in their kind of, like, close family. Wow. And it's crazy to think about. Wow. Um, and then you have that brought over in America, and, you know, there are language barriers and, like, right. not resources for these people, and you're trying to assimilate. Should we assimilate? Should we have our own enclaves? Stuff like that. And it's just, it's just a lot. And so I've been really fascinated with that. And so I'm trying to write more about that and figure out what that means for me and how I navigate the world, mm-hmm. how that, what that means for my brother, like as a Korean man, right? Yeah, like yeah, that sort yeah. of thing, because it's so different. Um, uh, yeah. It would be right. It's a, it's a very uh, patriarchal oh, question. Yeah, because yeah. yeah, there's a lot of like Confucian um, influences in Korea. Yeah, and then, like, you have all the super, like, evangelical, like, Protestant Koreans, which my dad's whole side of the family are, like, pastors. Oh, Um, wow. Yeah. Oh, man. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I'm so sorry. Yeah, both. I was raised in two religions, and so... What were the two religions? um, Roman Catholicism and then, like, non-denominational, like, Protestantism. And both families are very into it very into it so after my parents divorced when they each got even more religious because you know divorce you're like in your 40s you're like what do i have i have religion only got god and jesus so So, um, me and my brother would have to go to mass on sunday and like the protestant service and because our mom played piano for churches sometimes we'd be in church on sunday for like six hours and we're just like you know, so, uh... I'd like to thank God my parents were this close to God. <laughs> God damn. So, uh, that's me. That's um, too much. Does that explain me, like, a little more? Like, like a... <laughs> nah, maybe, like, a, like a 0.01%, maybe. But, like, 
that's I mean it's a, it's an interesting background it's an interesting context from which you arise from yeah I can't imagine that like because mm-hmm. I have an intense uh I have an intense need to rebel against things that I feel are saturated in my life mm-hmm. so if religion was really saturated in my life I would have rejected it entirely but it wasn't so oh. like so like I have a, a just this deep curiosity towards it and yeah uh, yeah because my mom my mom never cared about church yeah. She believed in God, but she never, she's like, fuck church. <laughs> like, fuck church. Yes. Just a bunch of people talking shit. Like, right. No, like, my dad, though, he's always been, like, always searching for the perfect house of God. And, and like, uh-huh. and, and so he was the more fanatical guy. Uh-huh. But, again, like, he was, he will always go to a church and be like, no, they're motherfuckers, too. And then, like, <laughs> and then he'll go to another one, and he'll be like, this is the one. This is the one. This is the one. I found the price. And then, like, like maybe a year later, uh, like, they're motherfuckers, too. And I'm uh, just like, Dad, stop. You're hurting yourself. <laughs> you need to yeah. stop. And, and, yeah, so, like, that was, uh, that was, that was my parents' relationship with, with religion. And, uh, and the only thing that my mom forced me ever to do was to go to, like, Catholic high school. Which wasn't a bad thing, because okay. it because it wasn't they weren't overtly religious. Uh-huh. We had like one like class where we had to study like the Bible and shit, and I just thought that was fucking fascinating. Right. So mm-hmm. like I couldn't, I, I didn't even, I didn't mind it at all. We had to go to church every once in a while, but I was like, oh, oh no, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm like Jesus knows I don't give a fuck. Like, <laughs> like, it's, it's fine. like Jesus and me, hey, we we buddies. Hey. Like, yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Like he, I think he got mad at the church once, right? Like, you know, and, 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 and so like, yeah, but like, I like the, the analyzing because we, we analyze the Bible and everything. Like one of the cool things that I really like, just a, one of the simple facts is that it, it, according to the, like the way that the book, or at least the beginning passages were written like Genesis, the way, the reason why they put seven days was only to um, uh, accentuate the importance of the Sabbath. But in reality, mm-hmm. God only did one thing a day. He did nine things. Oh. So it took him nine days to make everything. Yeah. Nine days. And for me, nine is so goddamn crazy because nine is found in everything. Nine is how long it takes uh, for, for humans to give birth. Um, it takes nine. To, if you leave a person in darkness for nine days, mm-hmm. their mind starts to create light. So they start hallucinating. So they create reality. Oh. Um, um, and it took nine days for God to make everything. Um, wow. Yeah, we're in a simulation. Oh, yeah. I love simulation theory. <laughs> yes. So, yeah, so, that's, uh, that's, uh, yeah. so like, yeah, yeah. No, I really like that. And, like, mm-hmm. um, yeah, so I, I never really had a, I never had a problem with religion. I'm assuming you ripped out pretty intensely. No. I didn't. I think, I think religion made me dislike myself for a long time because who I was didn't. <laughs> I just okay. drank from a water bottle and the water went right back into my eye. I, are you okay? <laughs> so you felt like religion made you not like yourself? Yeah, yeah. Because who I was as a person I felt didn't align with what you were supposed to be according to the church. Interesting. And so I was like, well, I guess I'm going to hell. You know what I mean? Um, and because... <laughs> Okay. Yeah. And I grew up in a very controlling... Okay, it was weird because my parents were divorced. So half the time I grew up in a very controlling household. Right. And the other time, like, I was raising myself. So every other week I would kind of oscillate between these two extremes. 
when I said I was performing <laughs> my life, I was I was performing. You know. Um, God damn. Cause I'm, like, cause you had one house where you had the script. Uh-huh. And like you knew what I had to do, but then you had to go over here and be like, "Well, I don't have that script anymore." Yeah. But I have to like. Ah. So I'd wild out when I was like over here, you know. Right. But like, it's it's a whole thing. But Damn. yeah, so I didn't, and then because you have two completely different like religious philosophies too in your head. Right. I just like I asked a lot of questions, but I didn't think about what that really meant to me until I moved out for college, and then I was like, okay. That helps. I'm not having these, you know, forces directly, like, mm-hmm. like, uh, uh, influence. Influence. Thank you. <laughs> but yeah. Wow. Damn, that's crazy. how was that dynamic? I couldn't imagine. What do you mean by you, in one house you had to raise yourself? Did your mom just let you be essentially. My mother is an extremely hard worker. If she listens to this, I'm just gonna choose my words carefully. She is an extremely hard worker. So after the divorce, she was like, I'm going to go back at my master's. But she was also working like three jobs. You know what I'm saying? Holy shit. And so she tried her best. Like she really did try. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it was just like a lot of, uh, you're so busy, you're tired. Right. Your kids, they're, they can, they're, they can do their They got it. You know? And she knew I was like responsible. So right. she was like, oh, she's got this. But at the same time, I did and I didn't. You right. know? Yeah. Like I was like, I can but, like, what the fuck is going on? Like, just constantly. God yeah. And then because I was so controlled, like, micromanaged in the other house, I felt the need to really just let it all out. Like, right, right. when I could, so. God damn. Yeah. How, how, long did you, how long was that dynamic sustained for? <laughs> when did I move out? With, five years. Five years. From when I was like 13 that. to 18. Yeah. Fuck. And those are some great years, as we know, the teenage years. Oh, damn. Yeah. Um, so, damn. it was... I'm glad yeah. you made it in one place. They, you know, kind of. <laughs> I'm I mean, kind of here. made it, made it <laughs> as best as you can. Yes. God damn, I can't imagine that whole situation. How's your relationship with your dad? <laughs> you guys cool? <laughs> um, me, I think... He just started realizing that our relationship is not cool. And I oh. think that's making him sad because he's been, a, wow. he just like got, he remarried last year and he just had another daughter. We share a birthday. He and I both share a birthday. Oh. I have a sister. Yeah, I have a half sister. Holy shit. I keep forgetting. Because um, <laughs> she's, she's just she's born. Really young. Right? Yeah. That's yeah. Really reasonable. Um, but so they're like packing a lot of the stuff that are of mine that are at his house. So like my cheerleading trophies, like all the stuff I grew up with. And I think he's realizing like time flew by. I don't know who my daughter is. Uh, right? Because he's been texting me like, oh, like, like I never see you, stuff like that. And I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> and I feel bad because that's my dad, you know. But right. at the same time, like we're such, we're the same people with very different values and beliefs. Oh, yeah, yeah. If that, that makes sense. That makes a lot of sense because I, I could say that about my... I could say that about my older brother and my mother. Mm. Probably. Like, they have different opinions, but... The f- but they're the same fucking person. <laughs> yeah. They, see, they have, they, they have the same value system, but they'll hold on to their, their opinion like... like mm. Yeah. <laughs> they can't let it go. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, yeah, no, I get that. Yeah. I get that. So, uh, it's just hard. 
I think, to talk to someone. Because he's like, you know, you can talk to me about anything. But I'm like, I truly can't because we disagree about everything. I don't think there's... I think the one thing we agree on is that we think white liberals are annoying. And that's it. But even that, we're approaching from two different sides. That's me approaching it as a leftist. And him approaching it being a conservative, right? That's hilarious. (laughs) <laughs> so like it is your approach and you're from the same side you just don't see it yet yeah that's what it's it that's, Kinda, what, that's yeah. what it is right there uh, that's what it is that's hilarious god damn yeah. it seems like a it seems like a great opportunity sounds like a great opportunity good luck with that thank I, you I hope, I hope, I hope it works out thank you me, me too god damn I can see where you have a lot of father you have a lot of ammo huh for writing and inspiration yeah so, I think that's where we got on this this, this whole road, right? <laughs> We're talking about inspiration. Uh-huh. Inspiration, you use romantic relationships, you used uh, your parents, uh-huh. which is, is, is pretty deep. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, what else do you use? Uh, Korean history mm-hmm. as well? Yeah. Um, I love using also like biblical references. Yeah, Becoming Eve. Yeah. That's why I liked it because I tend to do that a lot. I, I use a lot of biblical references in my writing. Yeah. Which is funny, but... Yeah. It's fun shit though. It is. It's so goddamn fucking useful <laughs> sometimes. Like it's it's just so there's this uh there's this guy who 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 was who was uh, examining the Bible or at least the Genesis stories mm-hmm. in a psychological way. Mm-hmm. And it was fucking profound. And it it's just like it was just the way that he pre- like was explaining it. It was just like how, how you're supposed to approach life psychologically and mm. and he says like i believe he's a psychiatrist his name is jordan b peterson, peterson. yeah he's an interesting guy somewhat kind of like what's what's the word for it there's like controversy around him but i okay. think it's misunderstood controversy uh-huh. um either way i really like this guy as an intellectual and um he just did like a whole series that he just uploaded on youtube and like just going over like the Genesis stories mm-hmm. on a, a psychological point of view. And I just thought it was the way he went about it, it seemed to make a lot of sense. And that to me has almost, has always, it almost confirmed my weird like curiosity about like religion. Mm-hmm. And, and, and so yeah, that, that, I found that super uh, useful. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. So like, I tend to use, I tend to use elements of those stories and archetypes, but I use them in a psychological kind of way, uh-huh. and I dip into the mysticism of them most sometimes. Mm. But yes, yes, yes. Something that I find really cool that's also connected to like Bible stories and everything. Uh-huh. It's something that I just like. I can't. I can't. I don't know what to do with it. Like, it's just like, how do you? How do you move? Like, the, the, the fact is, the only reason we can actually um, make sense of the pixels on a screen mm-hmm. is because we evolved to be able to see the scales of a snake. Yeah, I saw your, you tweeted about that or something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I did. Yeah. That shit fucked me up. Yeah. That shit fucked me up. Because that's pretty intense that the ev- evolutionary pressure that was the snake, which pressured us into growing eyes or, or developing eyesight that was able to perceive it from mm-hmm. killing us, that very eyesight allows us to perceive the technology that is now surrounding us. 
Wow, is the technology killing us too? Well, it's just another, it's just another evolutionary pressure. Yeah. So I, I just, uh, I'm just like, that's like to me is biblical because of the snake and shit like that. Yeah. Like, yeah and, and I just, I find that so fascinating. And I'm taken aback like you are, like, like that shit. Yeah. I'm just like, I have this weird tendency where like, so like, there's a conspiracy theorist in me. Uh-huh. Like deep. <laughs> like, like fanatically deep. Uh-huh. But he's like. But he's, 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 what's the word for it? He's pretentious. Uh-huh. Yeah. I guess that'd be the word for it. He doesn't, the only conspiracy theory he's worried about is God's existence. And that's it. Mm. And so, like, anything that's, like, weird like that clamps down. Yeah. And I, like, I chew, I chew that shit up. So, like, <laughs> that kind of stuff is so interesting to me. Yeah. It just, like, how it, because it, it connects uh, mysticism, but, like, with our scientific and modern way of approaching life yeah. all together. And I was just like, oh, look at that. There's a middle path. Ain't that, ain't that creepy? Just Ooh. move on from it. What a weird coincidence. Yeah. Just move on from it. That's, my, that's like, my whole life. That's my slogan. What a coincidence. Damn. Okay. Just move on from it and everything. Uh, yeah. It's a whole fucking thing. Yeah. But, but, yeah, yeah, that, that was... Uh, how did I even get to that topic? But anyways, yeah, mm. I I tend to enjoy biblical references into uh, in my writing. Yeah, and it's a, it's always useful and mm-hmm. fun. Mm-hmm. I have a feeling m- most of the time when I think about using biblical references, the reason is one of the reasons is I also know that everybody, or at least a good majority majority of the crowd that I'm reading to, also understands the references. Yeah, because it's. It was, it's at least been talked to about or they know something about it mm-hmm. in some way, shape, or form. Yeah. And I feel like it's so... And it's... And it's so... It's like the base of the structure that they live in and mm-hmm. they don't realize it even if they don't care about the base anymore. Mm-hmm. So like even atheists have work on a, on a structure that was built from that. Yeah. And I, I, I feel like they don't understand that. Yeah, no... Christianity in Western culture is so deeply embedded. Deep. Like, you you honestly truly can't escape it. Like, even in our modern stories, they'll, they'll parallel from the Bible and stuff. And, like, oh, yeah. the idea of redemption and a savior. Like, Well, the, the thing about that is that the, the Bible story was taken from uh, the story of... Uh, a story from Egypt, actually. So, like, the, yeah. the, the, that, was, that story was taken from another story from mm-hmm. probably another ancient... The thing yeah. about our stories and, and some stories is uh, they all follow this basic formula. I talked about it in one of the podcasts that I did. Mm-hmm. And um, Joseph Campbell actually pointed, pointed this out. Every story, one of the, this is something that uh, the first trilogy of the Star Wars did. Mm-hmm. They follow a basic uh, recipe with basic archetypes and a basic uh, interaction of the archetypes. And if you follow it to a T, the story is captivating. Mm-hmm without any like it just it just it just does that we're mm-hmm. designed to listen to those kinds of stories right um which is why the bible has been so prevalent and so has so much sticking power because it follows it pretty pretty intensely yeah and, and, and it's just a basic archetype that most stories have almost have to follow and it and you don't you, you can't get away from it yeah, I forgot what it's called. It's like the the book, at least the, the book that where like it goes into this is called the the hero with a thousand faces. Mm. 
Yeah. Because yeah. it's the same. It's the over same and over, over and over. Yeah. <laughs> we just decorate it differently depending on the time and place yeah. of, it was, of its conception. Which I feel like another reboot of the story is coming along. You know, it, it's, all, it's, it's, it's really interesting, but you're right, yeah, it, it's prevalent everywhere, and um, which is why I like to use it sometimes, mm -hmm. because it's like, it's like I'm hacking the system. <laughs> Shit. Yeah. Yeah, so it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. Fucking thoughts. Um, is that, so, your romantic relationship to parents, uh, your religious, religious background? Mm-hmm. Um, Korean history is your main source of inspiration. Yes. That's planning. That's, yeah, that's gonna keep me going for a while. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's planning. <laughs> and like the details on age that you have. Damn. Yeah. How do you feel about writing about your personal experiences or like using them as fodder for, <laughs> for the process? Um, I've, I've, I've been grappling with that because uh, I do want to make work that's responsible right. and I think that all feelings are valid but I have been in situations where I've written specific poems about real people mm. and <laughs> usually they don't care usually right. but the people around them sometimes do right. um, and then having to deal with the repercussions of that and being like you know like I, that's just art. Like, that's just how I felt in the moment, you know? Right. Um, I think... I think if I don't write about my personal experiences, though, what am I going to write about? You know what I'm saying? Ah, that's, how I <laughs> that's how I felt about it. I was like, I can't write about anything else. Yeah. Just, yeah, yeah. You know, I keep going. Yeah, it would be, like, false if yeah. I'm trying to take, like... And I remember um, my dad wouldn't let me date in high school, I did anyway, but he wouldn't let me, and then he'd be like, you should write, like, love songs and stuff like that, and I would, like, lie, but I'd tell him, I'd be like, you don't let me date, like, how am I supposed to know what that's like, and he was like, you need books, like, you can imagine it, <laughs> and I'm like, he's, but the, not, he's not wrong, he's not wrong <laughs> but for me, I can't, I can't write about things that I haven't experienced, because it's like, you weren't in it, so you're kind of just, I guess maybe this is what it's, like, you know what I mean? And it feels almost like dishonest. Right. Um, but then there's also the idea, I don't know if you do this, but taking a personal experience mm. and then like turning up the volume. Does that make sense? Like traumatizing it a little more? Maybe, le yeah, like leaning into the emotion. So like, mm. yeah, it made me upset. But maybe, like, maybe it could have made me a little more upset, right? Because, right? right, right, right. like, in poetry, especially performance poetry, <laughs> no one wants something that's just, like, lukewarm. Right. Does that make sense? I get that. I get that. And I'm trying to reconcile that and understand, like, okay, Aaron, you don't want to be dishonest. Right. But, like, did that hurt you that much? <laughs> like, <laughs> let's be real. Yeah, like, was it that intense? Was it that, like... You know, I, I get that. I get that. I, I, I get my example of that is uh, something stupid small happened to me. Uh -huh. But what I wrote out of that <laughs> was seething. Uh-huh. <laughs> and, like, and, like, I looked back and I was like, clearly I was hurt. I did yeah. feel this. But 
I shouldn't have because that's that's insignificant. <laughs> like it's not, and it's like seething. I'll show yeah. it to you later. Right? Yes. But it's, it was like seething, and I'm like, it didn't matter. Like uh-huh. it, it didn't matter. I was like yeah. cool the next day. Like I was fine. I yeah. Was like, I mean, I'm glad I wrote it because that's pretty fucking cool. Uh-huh. But that shit's too much. <laughs> yeah. I've had that. Yeah. Had that. That that that's been. I, I've done that once. I've never done that before. I don't think. Okay. But like. <laughs> I was, I was happy with it. It's a good poem. But it's like, it's seething. Like, I was just yeah. like, there's no, there's no reason to be directed at this person. It's not like they intended to do this right. at all. But it was, it was a small thing. It yeah. It didn't matter. It didn't matter. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I get that. I get that. And then it's like, and then if you have to perform that poem, that's where performance poetry kind of gets me sometimes. I perform it. Yeah. I, I've never performed it too, but I would perform that one. Yeah. It would be fun. But then it's like, I don't know. There's something about performing deeply personal work for me multiple times, and you're like, I'm just reciting it. Well, at now this you're point. reciting it. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, I know I try to write something new every time I perform, right? But like, right. sometimes it's just easier to be like, here's something I wrote a year ago. Do mm. I still feel this? Not really, but I can perform it, you know. And then it's like, hmm. <sighs> get that that's hmm. how i've been this past year in all honesty yeah 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 this past year i've just been performing things that i already have half performed like this year i've been performing new stuff but i've been performing them repeatedly yeah compared, what, compared to like other stuff and stuff like that what's that like for you it's weird because most of the time every time i every time i would go up to a microphone i would have something new to perform uh-huh um but this time this this year i really haven't and and so like it's cool that I got something that I can just go off real quick with. Yeah. Cause most of my poems tend to be evergreen, so like it's cool. Like it's not it's not about a specific moment. It's some more like um, perennial kind of feelings, mm-hmm. um, which is fine. But at the same time, I'm like, be cool if it was new. <laughs> you know, I like yeah. the like the nerves of certain things. The nerves of a new a new poem being fleshed out in front of people is always yeah. fun. That's actually really exhilarating, but terrifying at the same time. But it's like it's a high. It's a high. It really is. <laughs> it really is. I never wanted to say it. I never wanted to say it. Later, but it really is. Yeah. It really is. And the brother's addicted. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, I know that. I get that. I, I get the the not wanting to perform old poems, but also just having them there. Yeah. Either way. Still works. Yeah. Still works. Yeah. We can't be completely honest with what we're feeling in that moment all the time, right? Like that's a lot. (laughs) I mean, you can be. I mean, even when after you've written it, maybe even if it's a new poem, it's still not what you were feeling when you were writing it. Mm -hmm. At least not for me. For me, it's like a. a, It becomes an outside thing. Uh, Like. No, continue. Like I mean, it's like how I would see a child, I guess. Like my own personal child. Oh. It's like so it's its own thing. There it's it is. A, there it is. It was great when I was making him, but like. <laughs> no, no, it's a, there he is. Okay, it's its own. I don't know what to do with it. It's there. It's alive. It's breathing. I don't know. There you go, guys. Yeah. Uh, please like it. <laughs> That's it. That's it. That's how I approach it. Do uh do people ever 
talk about your poems and they're like, I love like this line and what you did here, blah, blah, blah. And you're, and you're like, I didn't intend to do that. But you're like, yeah, yeah, I'm so glad you, uh, you noticed that. That's what I thought. Like someone's like, oh, your kid's actually really X, Y, Z. And you're like, yes, yes, I, that was on purpose. No, <laughs> like, um, um, no. No. No, not really. No, most people just like be like, I like your poem. I like your, I like your poem a lot. Um, most of the times they don't, maybe because of how short my poems tend to be. Okay. They don't, they don't like, they don't go to a specific point in the poem that are like, I like that a lot. Mm. They just like, like the poem. Yeah. And I never really had anybody go specific with them. At least I don't remember getting a, a specific uh, nod towards something specific. Yeah. Most of the time it's just like, I like your poem. Like, like, you're a lucky dude. <laughs> you're a lucky, lucky dude. I, yeah, I, I'll take it. I, I, never, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. Like, personally, deep down inside, just like, a, it's not even that deep, but it's like a thing that's always there. It's just like, I, clearly I haven't written that good enough to get a critique like that. But, I don't no. know. I don't know. That's your critical inner voice. It's probably what it is. Yeah. It's probably what it is. <laughs> it's probably what it is, so. Uh, I don't really tend to trust it, but it's there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, like, it's just like, um, most of the time, yeah, most people just tell me, like, that was a good poem. And that, was, that was a good poem. Like, and most of the time yeah. people do that. Like, maybe only, like, only recently I wrote a poem and I read it to a friend of mine. Uh, and he, he was like, it was, a, like, the last line of it. And he was just like, that's a beautiful fucking line. I think that was, like, the one time somebody said that that was a good line and i was just like bet i felt like it was you know honestly like the poem was like whatever but this ending right here, i was i'm with you 100 percent. yes yeah yeah and, and uh and I, yeah, I i agreed with him but i think that's like the only only time that i can recollect that someone pointed to a specific part of my poem mm. but i don't know, I don't know. yeah do so you have that happen to you a lot where like people come up to you and be like i like this part yeah. 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 I think it's because my poems are long. Poems are long. Yeah, they have a long, dude. I won't lie. It's because I have so much to say. Um, <laughs> honestly, I don't really edit my poems, and I should. Like, I should edit that shit down, but I'm just. I don't edit my poems. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah you're, you're good. I just want to work. I don't you're know. You're good. No, I don't want to um, go back. You're fine. Yeah. You're in the past now. Mm-hmm. We can't. We have to keep moving yeah. forward. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, but exactly. uh, I get that. It's like, I don't know, it's weird when, it's cool because certain lines will resonate with people and that's the ones they'll hold on to and I'm like, oh, like when I wrote that line, I wasn't feeling it that hard, but this other person is like feeling it, you know what I mean? Mm. And that's a cool interaction to have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I love that. I'm like, oh, that's great. I'm glad it resonated with you, man. That's, that's yeah. Um, it's always weird, though, when you, when, when people see themselves in your work, and when they only know you from your work, mm. and then they think that's who you are right. all the time. Does that make sense? <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, like, well, like, well, like, you saying that makes me think. Well, people would see you perform, and and think you're probably pretty like astute and powerful, and like like on a consistent basis. Yeah. When you're like. As you you said, see me, I'm a fucking dork. <laughs> as we are. As, yeah. as, as we are. So, like, yeah, no, that's, is that what you're referring to in a certain sense? Yeah, and then people are like, Aaron, we know you're sad, <laughs> like, all the time. And I'm like, I'm like, you know, I'm doing okay right now. <laughs> like, 
I'm like, yes, but I'm good. Yeah, I'm, I'm good, you know, um, yeah, or like, people ask me opinions about things that I am like, oh, please, please don't ask me that, that's a hard question. Like, it's that, it's the projection of authority because you've done something that they couldn't. Yeah. yeah, and it's 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 like a persona, right? Yeah. And I didn't I didn't do it on purpose, yeah. right? But it's that's it, how people perceive it's you. What people perceive you as. Yeah. It happens. Yeah. It no happens. Way. It hasn't happened to me. Uh, I guess no. Yeah, it has happened. To me. <laughs> but I think that's just like because like I'm perceived differently depending on who I'm like hanging out with. Like because yeah. I have like I have like, I have a couple friend groups. Mm-hmm. Um, if I hang out with like my creative friend group, they see me as like. I don't know. I'm sorry if I'm projecting, guys. I apologize. You can smack <laughs> me later if I'm wrong. But they see me as an elder, and like they like look up to me and shit uh-huh. and t- with certain like aspects and everything. And I I I I I respect that a lot. And mm-hmm. I try and commend that a lot. But I have another friend group, and I've known these two motherfuckers since like high school, so I've known them for like ten years. Yeah. I'm just playing on Greg, and I'm a dumbass to them. <laughs> and, like, and like. Yeah. And that's that's. I love both of these places. Uh huh. Because. And one, I'm like, ah, cool, I know my shit. And then the uh-huh. other's like, oh, I don't know my shit. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, I don't know yeah. my shit. And, that's, and that's, that's great. But, like, that's, like, the juggling kind of persona, yeah. I guess, to a certain extent. Just because of the way, I guess, I found myself interacting with certain groups of people. Mm-hmm. I guess that's what it is. The duality. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, pretty, it's pretty consistent in my life. But hey, I mean, that's life for, for me anyways. Yeah. I'm pretty consistently on that. <laughs> Retweet. <laughs> like, yes, <laughs> uh, Aaron, it's been great. Yes. We're like an hour and like five minutes. Oh, wow. Fantastic. Okay. Um, it's been a lot of fun. Do you want to tell them, leave your people with like last words? Or if not, just let them know where they can find you. Yeah, cool. Let me do a shameless plug. Do it, do it, do it. Do uh, it. You can find me at my personal Instagram at Aaron.com or Aaron Kong Poetry or I have a website, AaronKong.com or my other <laughs> Instagram about an organization I started called Desert Diwata. You can follow me anywhere. Yo, real quick, before we actually end it, what is yes. that? Desert Diwata is an organization I started, started I'm not going to speed talk, I'm sorry. Started with my best friend Danielle. It's not rushed. It's really, it's not rushed. Um, yeah, you can edit. Uh, Don't edit it. But... Oh no. Okay. <laughs> we wanted to create an organization for uh, radical Asian Americans mm-hmm. in Arizona, in the Southwest. Um, mm-hmm. We're the largest growing immigrant population in Arizona, actually. Really? Um, yeah, and we don't have spaces here for us. That's not. Yeah. yeah, so we're trying to create one. So Diwata is um, indigenous. Diwata. Filipino like goddesses that after U.S. colonialism became like sprites or fairies, but it's supposed to be like fucking goddesses, right? Right. right. Um, Interesting. Yeah. So we're trying to use that as a platform. Why do we demote all the stuff that was before? We know why we (laughs) demote. We know. (laughs) But yeah. So check us out at Desert Diwata. Okay. That sounds awesome. Well, thank you again. Um, Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah, thank you. Fantastic. Now, wasn't that a lot of fun? We went everywhere. I hope you guys were able to keep up. I know we were jumping from topic to topic at a certain point. We sort of got lost there. I mean, I know I did. But at the same time, there was a flow to it while I was there. You know, 
I hope it still works out for somebody who's just listening. <laughs> um, please, please, please go and follow Erin on the socials. Um, her Insta is Erin.Kong. And also follow her group Insta, which is Desert Diwata, Desert D-I-W-A-T-A. Um, yeah, guys, thank you so much. The beat that you heard at the beginning and that I'll play you off with is another one by Q. Shout out to Q, DJ Q. Um, this one's called Things Change, and I don't like it. Thanks for listening, guys. <laughs>